Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 326. I'm your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening. Today's guest is Chrissy of the Arizona Cancer Foundation for Children. We had a wonderful talk with her, and she's very incredible for what she does as essentially for children. And this is not to say the least. We talk a little bit about some of the stories behind it. And so we hope that you stay connected with her, and we hope that you stay uh, you know, helping her and letting her do her foundational thing, but also raising money to the awareness there. And you can stay in touch with her with the links that we provide to every guest but if you would like to stay in touch with us you can go to our website findingarizonapodcast.com there you will be able to watch every episode also sign up for our newsletter and also check out our blog Brittany's working very hard on the blog on top of which we have new guests coming out every week so stay always connected over there and our social media at finding arizona podcast if you'd like to send us an email that is at finding arizona podcast at g gmail.com that will conclude my little intro here but uh, to let you know what's going on behind the scenes little atlas is doing wonderfully he is growing up very very good Brittany and i are working very hard behind the scenes to get you more guests we are filling up the books very 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 close to finishing up this year with guests and we hope that you guys will stay tuned because we have wonderful nonprofits and all sorts of businesses out there ready to come in through our doors. So that being said, let's jump right into the episode number 326 with Chrissy of the Arizona Cancer Foundation for Children. We will catch you on the next one. Hey guys, it's Jose. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Have you been like me, been outside every three months just doing your own pest control and you're frustrated, you had it up to hear from your wife? Well, I got a place for you, happybeespestcontrol.com. They are the number one, first and only pollinator friendly pest control company in Arizona. And I wanna give you a chance to save $25 by going over to Happy Bees Pest Control slash finding AZ, or just give them a call 602-529-8797 to get everything from pest control, rodent control, mosquitoes, and bed bugs. Tell them finding AZ sent you and get your discount today. podcast episode is sponsored by the No Global Membership. Get into the room to network with other women you want and need to know. Link to join the Global Membership is in the show notes. Claim your freebie today. Welcome back, everybody, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I'm your host, Jose. Uh, every week, we bring in someone very special. And today is no different, ladies and gentlemen. I would love to introduce you to Chrissy. She is the president and founder of the Arizona Cancer Foundation for Children, a nonprofit whose mission is to provide social, emotional, financial support directly to the families who are managing the health and well-being of the loved ones with pediatric cancer. So, Chrissy, thank you for being here and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So I'm going to get you started by just asking the question that we've been asking everyone who comes through our doors is just, can you give us a little insight of how the pandemic uh, made you guys shift and then how you guys are doing and maybe just give us a little bit of a personal story. I mean, maybe uh, you were personally affected by it. Um, just give us something like that. 
Yeah, I'll share with you the beginning of my story and why I started the foundation. Yeah. Um, so my daughter, Ava, was diagnosed with stage four neuroblastoma when she was just 18 months old. Oh, man. And I will tell you, when someone looks at you and says, your child has cancer, I mean, you just about fall off your seat. Your entire world is turned upside down and it will never be the same. Yeah. Um, no one in my family had ever had cancer. Like it just came out of nowhere. Um, and while she was sick, I also had a three-year-old son. Yeah. So she fought for her life for three and a half years. And there was, I did everything I could for her because I knew there was no regrets. There was no what ifs. What if we did this? So yeah. we traveled all over the U.S. We got the best care. Um, but during those three and a half years, we've never been so isolated in our entire life, which yeah. really ties into the pandemic. Um, cause I don't think people realized how isolated it is when you have cancer, especially when you have a child with cancer until now we're all isolated. Yeah. Um, so for three and a half years, we literally were either at the hospital or at home. And it was, of course, wonderful to be at home. But as you know, having a young child, I mean, they're climbing the walls. I mean, and she didn't understand why she couldn't go anywhere. And since she couldn't go anywhere, my son couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't go anywhere. Um, and then also the thing that was really frustrating is nobody would help us. Mm -hmm. So our friends and family would help us, but there was no nonprofits that would help us um, because I, I mean, I'll be completely honest. I wasn't the face of low income of mm -hmm. what they thought. They didn't know that I had no car. I had no job. I had yeah. gotten divorced. I was living with my parents and I've got these two little kids and one is dying. I mean, it was just the worst time in my life that Absolutely. I knew when she passed away that I had to do something. It was like, I can't just sit back and not do anything. Yeah. Um, so I started the foundation really small, just friends and family supporting. And I started it out of my bedroom. Yeah. Um, I had a business background, but I had no nonprofit experience. Okay. Um, and I am just like blown away where we are at today. I mean, yeah. just the support of our community and the momentum we've gained and the families that we've been able to serve and help is just I have to pinch myself every day. Like I feel so lucky and so blessed to be able to do what I do. Mm -hmm. um, when a family looks at you and says, thank you, we can't live without you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. So it's just been such a wild experience. And um, we just purchased a 12,000 square foot building. So go. it's a huge leap of faith and a huge step. The reason we went ahead with the purchase is because the need for our families is so great right now. Mm -hmm. So we still need the funding for the building, but of we've course. got the building. So, yeah. um, and what we do is we offer the financial assistance. We offer the counseling. We have a canine therapy dog named Leo who's in our office every day. I saw that. Yeah. And then we offer, you know, we have a sunshine boutique where the kids can go shopping. We do art classes. So our new facility will actually be called Ava's Treehouse, okay. which is my selfish way of working my daughter's name into it's it. Okay. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to go to the ACFC Resource Center. So I'm like, everyone loves treehouses of yep. all ages. 
Um, so we will be taking this 12,000 square foot building and remodeling it to actually look like a treehouse. And I want families to walk through the doors and feel like a weight's been lifted off their shoulders and know they're at a safe place where they can spend the day or they can have a birthday party or they can yeah. do whatever they want to do there and not feel like I'm in a hospital or not feel like I'm not living my regular life. Like mm -hmm. I want kids to be able to still have a childhood, even though they have cancer. Absolutely. This is beautiful. I, 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 um, we were talking off air and just, again, a lot of my heart goes out to children just because again, they're the most innocent beings and they are at the end of the day, they are the future and they are kind of like this piece of us that we've always want to keep pure and we always want to try our best to protect so anything like this is just incredible to me because i've i've seen some places that are just incredible in the sense that they uh support with the nonprofit factor in this like in these kind of uh, resource uh community uh centers and so for me to kind of just look at and just open up to you is just kind of it, it is important for me to to at least be able to say kudos, uh, congratulations, first off, for, for being you. able to uh, um, complete the task of reaching, you know, a brick and mortar. That in itself is incredibly hard because, you know, nonprofits uh, generally, they, they, they don't have a, a brick and mortar. Uh, that's mm -hmm. typically sometimes uh, the kind of... Uh, the, that's the what they're building to it's a goal mm -hmm. of theirs to have so it's kind of nice that you you've come to us in a really critical point in the uh in the growth of this nonprofit. so i would like to ask you this um you did divulge to us a little bit about your family history so can i ask what year uh these what happened what uh to your family and then kind of like can you kind of give us a, a scope of like how that turned into the nonprofit and what year the nonprofit kind of gained that uh, brick and mortar too. Yeah, so Ava was diagnosed in January of 2009. Okay. And then she passed away uh, Memorial Day in 2012. Mm -hmm. I was actually eight months pregnant when she passed away. Wow. Talk about challenges. I mean, yeah. it was, it, I'm this big, laying in a hospital bed. I've got one child coming into the world and one leaving. I mean, it was yeah. just a bizarre situation. Absolutely. So I started the nonprofit in 2014. Okay. And we've just been growing, growing, growing. Yeah. And I imagine, um, you know, the, the, the great part about this, again, you, you've brought it up is being able to inject your daughter's memory into a lot of the, the walls and the foundation of this nonprofit and giving it so much importance to you and your family. I would love to ask when you uh, came up with this foundation and kind of like the conversation you had with your kids and what they think of it now, just because it is a big part of who you mm -hmm. are and, and your family. And what, what do you tell your, your children? I mean, you like, I, I can't, you know, it's like what conversation, you know, to say that this is going to be, your sister's legacy. Yeah, my kids live and breathe and 
everything we do every day. I mean, when Ava passed away, my biggest fear was that she would be forgotten Mm -hmm. and that we wouldn't talk about her. And somehow she's still a part of our everyday life. And obviously I've made her a bigger part of our life with the foundation, but my kids, this is all they know. I mean, they just assume that we help. That's what we do. Um, My parents are in their 80s and they're like my best volunteers. And it's a whole, you know, family affair. And even the people that work with me become my family, I think, because it's so close and intimate what we do. And there really is only five of us doing what we do. But yeah, my kids just, they just have, they have lemonade stands all the time for the foundation. Like that's all they know is to give back. Yeah. Which is really, really, really sweet because they just think this is how it is. And they know, like my daughter grew up with toys all around and she knew they weren't for her. They were for the kids with cancer or, you know, like she, it's all they know. So absolutely. And I never, I mean, had this not happened to me, I don't know, obviously our life would be drastically different, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thrilled that they're a part of it and they, they mm-hmm. come to our family events. So they're around the kids that have cancer. I mean, they're just, it's normal yeah. for them. And that's incredibly like, it shows a lot about the character of not only the, the parent who you are inside and then the character of the the kids and what they've um, been able to grow into and and understand and really develop a, an appreciation and empathy towards that uh to to the kids of your foundation um <clears throat> i would like to ask you about your your staff and just kind of like what you know i, I always ask this because for every nonprofit, I always feel like the foundation, like you said, is a family. And can you give us some of the insight of like some of your, you know, some of the people that work with you and just kind of highlight them and share it? Because I know you have a small group. It'd be just fun to get to to share who they are and, and what they've um, brought to the table with your with your group. Yeah. So Meg is our director of events and she's Leo's mom. which is our therapy dog. Um, I actually met her and her family at a charity event. I believe it was four years ago. Yeah. And she was just drawn in because she had the therapy dog and I needed someone to run our therapy dog program. So it was just like a perfect match. Um, Stephanie is our program director. Her family's been affected by cancer. Both of her parents have survived cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, And she is actually going to school um, and getting her master's degree in social work. Okay. Nice. And then Andrea is our volunteer coordinator and she's relatively new. Um, she has ties to cancer as well. And just, I think everyone has a personal tie and a yeah. reason why they work with us. And then Christina has been with me since the beginning. She's been with me for six or seven years and she's a wonderful mother to her two kids. And she's just a great asset to the organization. Yeah. I think that's wonderful that you have a group that surrounds you with such close ties and especially being affected the way it is. I think that makes you guys a little bit closer just to understand and empathize with each other and and just um, really look at each other with uh, different eyes. Whereas if someone who doesn't or who wouldn't understand or who doesn't um, have that kind of same empathy, um, I would like to ask too, for someone who's a new family and we're, we're going towards, you know, the services you guys provide, how mm-hmm. would someone like, let's say, who's just who got the diagnosis of their child, what would you say is the process 
to find you? Like, how would you go about like, you know, after hearing those words, what would you kind of console the family and what would you tell them to be the steps to take next? Yeah. So, I mean, for them to find us, we have a contact us on our website, but mm -hmm. most of the families that we work with um, are referred from a social worker at the okay. hospital. So yeah. there's four hospitals in Arizona that treat kids with cancer. There's three in Phoenix and one in Tucson. Okay. But if somebody just comes to me, I'm happy to help, but I also have to check at the hospital to confirm their status, yeah. make sure, you know, that it's a legit thing. But what we do is we sit down with families. We typically have them come in. Okay. Um, our program director sits with the parents while some of our volunteers entertain the kids, you know, with the fun activity. We always try to do something messy that they can't do at home or, yeah. <laughs> you know, depending on their mobility and everything. Yeah. And then our program director goes over all of our programs and then she really gets the needs of what the families like are struggling with right now. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's somebody had to stop working to yeah. care for the kids, or maybe somebody's trying to get back into the workforce. We can help them. Um, maybe they just need help with a medical bill or a mortgage, or they yeah. need counseling. Whatever they need, we are there. And if for some reason we can't help them, we will find somebody else that can. We will Beautiful. never like leave them shorthanded. And unfortunately we do, well, it's fortunate, but it's unfortunately when the kids pass away, mm -hmm. we're there to help. So last year we paid for 43, 43 funerals, mm -hmm. um, which is a lot. So, and we provide our programs and services to the family a year after mm -hmm. the child passes away. So they can still come in, they can be adopted for the holidays, or they can come still have an art class mm -hmm. or shop in the Sunshine Boutique or get the counseling. They're still a part of our family. Yeah. Um, which is one of the services that we offer that's really unique. Yeah, I think that's incredibly like if we could go into that just a little bit, just because I think that's incredibly insightful as far as someone who, you know, relatively I have not been affected by that cancer, knock on wood, um, yeah. uh, diagnosis. It's just one of those things that's like you don't really understand the um, ripple effect of that kind of diagnosis and just being able to say, you know, go through the process with the foundation like this for so many years and then to abruptly end is because of a passing. Some people need that extra time, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of after that allows for not only consoling, um, I think it also allows for just allowing that we've done this for so many years. I need one more year to kind of help me just realize that this isn't going to be the same and it's, it's going to change, but it just, it gives them a little bit of time to like still stay with, again, your family, the people that you've associated mm -hmm. with for so many years, just give them that extra length and after certain, you know, just give them that time. Yeah. I mean, you just lost your child. It's the worst thing that can ever happen to you probably in the world. Yeah. How can you imagine losing your support system? It's like, no, no exactly. way. I'm exactly. not going to help someone for three years and be like, oh, sorry. And yeah. that's the other thing too, with age, we don't cut off at 18. If you're still being treated at the pediatric hospital and you're mm. even 22, we're here to help. We're not, we don't make getting help hard because I think asking for help is hard enough. So yeah. it's like, let's just make this easy. Let's make your life 
easier, mm-hmm. whatever we can do. So I just sense. always, I look at every application that we get as if it was me and my own child. Mm-hmm. And we get, you know, hundreds. I was, just about, to, I was I mean, just about to ask, how many do you yes. see? Because the three so, for the state or for the city of Phoenix versus, you know, also I imagine you get from out of the city at all? Yes, we do. So we help about 300 families a year. And when I say we help, we help repeatedly. It's mm-hmm. not just a one-time help. Yeah. So I literally sit and look at every application as if it was my own child and my own family. I don't want to just put a Band-Aid on a situation. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, we can give you a Band-Aid, but let's figure out a long-term plan and get to the root of what the problem is or you know what you're struggling with. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really unique and important and I do it because I've been through it and I can have that immediate connection too with families because unfortunately you become part of this club that you never wanted to be a part of. And it's like, you can just feel, you know, and I don't think that, oh, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, yeah, the feel that emotion. Yeah. Um, Um, I I don't think that, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Continue. Let I got to say stop. one thing. I just don't think that people realize one child a day is diagnosed with cancer in Arizona. It, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, the number is low compared to adult cancers, but it's too many. So exactly. there's just a lot of families that need our help. Absolutely. I did want to ask you because are you the only one that looks, I mean, I didn't probably not, but it's like, I just want to ask, are you the only one who makes this decision or is it more of a team? file like the filing uh process of like is it a a foundational team decision or is it just really you looking at these um files just because the my next question is going to be emotionally it's 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 like a a very hard decision You're, you're looking at hundreds of files of kids who are asking for help families asking for help i wanted to ask if it is just you or if it is just the team what do you guys do or what do you do individually to help maintain mental stability and mental um, strength through emotional strength and through all this process? Yeah, so our program director initially gets the application and I get them at the same time as her. So we both look at it. Yeah. We have the standard protocol. So we provide the financial assistance um, every quarter. Mm-hmm. And so we have it budgeted out. So every family gets yeah. the same amount. So we'd also have an emergency fund for if somebody's going to become homeless or their power is yeah. going to get shut off or their car's broken or whatever is going to happen. Um, and then in terms of like our sunshine visits and all those things, we just take them as they come along, but we do not turn any families away ever. Okay. So it's, it's, it's easy because we can help everybody. We've been lucky enough to, yeah. um, but yes, it can, this can take you down if, if you don't take care of yourself. Yeah. I mean, it really can. So we do different things that focus on burnout and we Got do it. different team building activities. We try to kind of, um, we all have lunch together every day in our little cafeteria um, and just talk about regular life stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I do think it's, it probably is really hard for people certain people certain days you know because when you've been close with someone and they pass away or you know they relapse or whatever Mm -hmm. happens it's it's really it is hard but you just gotta 
I don't even know what the magic answer is. You just got to yeah. take care of yourself, you know, yeah. and it and probably takes a certain person to be able to do this. And that's why I asked. I mean, this it's, it's, I'm not, uh, all I really was really um, honing in on was wanting to understand this is a hard, it is, this is probably one of the hardest part of the process is just mm-hmm. receiving the files and, and putting a, a, a and face to the name. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's probably one of the reasons why I asked is because I know that that's more difficult in the thought of the long-term effects that come out of it mm-hmm. for not only yourself, but also your employees as well. I mean, essentially they're taking in these families. You guys are taking in all of these emotions. And I just, mm-hmm. I know it's a lot. And I just hope that you guys are just taking care of yourself. Like you said, just really um, taking the time to really self-care for, for you and your team. Yeah, we, we try our best. Yeah. Um, so I'll move into kind of the goal setting and, and kind of looking towards the future. Um, I know that you guys have the brick and mortar. Um, I imagine that there are a lot of events that you guys want to put on to help with fundraising. Is there any kind of big event that you like a big fundraiser that you guys do every year? I am just getting to know you. So I don't know what your guys' big fundraisers are. So I would love to get the whole scope of everything. Yeah. So in um, October 21st at the Phoenician, Mm -hmm. we have our annual Avis Treehouse Gala. And that helps raise money for our programs that are going to be happening in the new building. Um, It's really golf themed focus this year. Um, We have a large golf donor audience um, and quite a few board members are big golfers. So it'll be, we're trying to make it fun and interactive. Like obviously the goal is to raise money, but we also want people to have fun. So we'll have like an interactive putting contest at the end of the program. Um, We'll do some golf, you know, live auction items and stuff. We've got some professional golfers and caddies that will be in attendance. Nice. Um, So it's just a really fun night and a good way for people to learn who we are Mm -hmm. and how they can get involved. Yeah. Um, and then we do a couple like just small fundraising events throughout the year. Um, but that's like our big one. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I imagine, yes, I have, a, there's always just like one, but I always like, I always like to ask because it's really kind of fun to see who does what. And again, mm-hmm. I have, we've had nonprofits in here and I always enjoy what the big one is because it's always, it always throws me for a loop to like see you what the clientele or what the donors mm-hmm. are into. And so one year we had um, a nonprofit come in here who was skeet shooting, like the target mm-hmm. practice shooting. And I was like, that's, yeah. I was like, that's interesting. That's that threw me for a bit. And they went to Ben Avery for, for skeet shooting, but it was, it's always fun to kind of how uh, the donors really bring to light kind of the events and, and what they what the fun aspect is. So it was, um, I think it's interesting too, because Arizona is always an eclectic. I'm, I'm still getting used to like learning that every part of Phoenix and every part of Arizona is got their little groups, little cultures of like deep rootedness and golf is one, um, of getting, uh, uh, guns and ammos is another part of Arizona, but it's like, you'd be imagined there's skating, there's, um, bowling, there's all sorts of like, 
uh, water sports activities too, where it's like, it's crazy how Arizona mm -hmm. is just this kind of wide variety of uh, exploration of sports, <laughs> so to speak. No, it totally is. And the reason we're so golf focused is I don't know if you're a fan of golf or if you know, do you know who Bones is? I do know who Bones is actually. And I'm, I'm not a big golfer, but I know who he is. Yeah. So he's a caddy for Justin Thomas now, but um, I actually met Jen and Jim. We'll call them Bones. Yeah. Jen and Bones. Um, they actually knew Ava and they will have supported us the whole way through her journey. Wow. Um, so when she passed away, Jen helped me start the foundation. So they're, you know, a big part of what we do. And then they ended up getting Paul and Amy Goldschmidt involved. And Paul um, used to play for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah. He now plays for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. And they are still hugely involved with the foundation. So That's it's great. been really, really nice to have that support and credibility, mm -hmm. you know, of their celebrity ism yeah. and everything. So, yeah, I always, um, Again, the the culture is so fun to see who's into what and the sports, again, the the athletes themselves. Um, I, I just really am astonished too. It's again, meeting in other individuals who've met um, variety of different people with what they do. So I'm always taken, taken in by who really is focused on what. So Mr. Goldschmidt is... I didn't know that he was in like he was a part of a foundation like this. And so it's always incredible to get to like see behind the scenes of like, and he's still part of it. And he really does, mm -hmm. you know, this is part of his uh something that he's wants to back and wants to be a part of. So it's just really it fills my heart that even though you've been traded and um are not part of the state or the team, mm -hmm. that you still find yourself. Um, wanting to be a part of the community. So that's always, that's always a good thing. Um, we are reaching the yeah. end here and I want to give you the con the control to let everyone know where they can find you, um, where the brick and mortar is going to be in the future for the address on that emails, everything under the sun, it's your time to promote. So go ahead. Okay. So our website is easy. It's azcancerfoundation.org. And you can, you know, volunteer, you can donate, you can read more about us, watch some of our cool videos. We've got a Garth Brooks video up there right now. Yes. He actually presented an award at our gala last year to Paul so and Amy awesome. Goldschmidt. So that was really cool. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Yeah. And Avis Treehouse is going to be centrally located on Scottsdale and Shea. So it's going to be on Shea and 70th Street. So awesome. it's in a prime location for families yep. all over the valley and all over Arizona to come Absolutely. visit us. Can I leave you? Can I ask you one last thing? Um, mm -hmm. What do you think Ava would say to you about just about, you know, do you think you could think back? Do you think she's just super proud of you do you does she have like a favorite saying to you like before bedtime or anything that she just was there anything like about her that you can give us a lasting thing to remember her by yeah so she was five when she passed so I always try to think what she would be like now because she'd be yeah. turning 15 which is wow. really crazy but yeah her favorite song was firework by Katy Perry and I mean, it just, the words just still, you know, hold true to 
who we are and what we're doing. So absolutely. And I hope, and I, I mean, know she'd be super proud. Absolutely. I think she would. I, I really do think she would be super proud of you. And just, again, I hope that you listen to that song every single day and you just, mm -hmm. again, take that all in and thank you so much from the bottom of my heart as a parent for being a part of this and for putting on this foundation. And so um, before we go, we do have an end piece for us. It's uh, you can find us at finding Arizonapodcast.com. You can uh, also catch up with us on every social media handle under finding Arizona podcast. Last but not least, if you want to become a super fan, we do have a place for you to go do so it's patreon.com slash finding arizona podcast and there you will receive bonus content and at the end of every episode we say kisses hugs and belly rubs to our four-legged friends and to all of you out there listening we say good night goodbye catch you on the next one